All right, hey there, this is Jeremy Lesky. You are watching Ethos Shift. Today I am working from home. Uh, actually, just a little bit ago, I set up outside. I was all ready, I was excited. Sun was out, beautiful day. And then the flies decided, hey, this would be a good time to come in and just start attacking me. I don't know what it is, my good looks, the beautiful smell coming off of me, something, but they just came attacking me. So I had to move here into the kitchen. So you're not gonna see the fancy ethos shift banner behind me today. This is the raw deal, uh, but that's quite all right. You know, we still go forward with it. If you're here to watch the beautiful banner in the back, then you're here for the wrong reason. That's for sure. Uh, hey, today is uh, Wednesday. It's the first, so April Fools for anybody out there. Uh, yes, uh, you know, it's, I would say that seeing my face is the biggest joke because y'all can't look as good as me, but hey, that's okay. Well, <laughs> I'd love to have the cool mustache that Steven has. That mustache right there. I mean, now, do you spend, you like, okay, most people have a ritual when they get up in the morning, you know, brush your teeth, meditate, do stuff. Do you like have this ritual where you have this whole line of people who come in and help you to maintain the mustache, some special tools, or do you just? Oh, you know, the full, the full line of people. I got the guy with the razor that comes and shaves my face. They do the hot towel for me. They're massaging my head, you know, the whole whole thing. Now oh, it's yeah. A, it's about a 10 minute process. I, I have to straighten it and I put oil and balm in it and then wax in this. And yeah, it's, it's fun. And then some days it doesn't want to curl well. And so you're like sitting there trying to force it to curl instead of shooting straight out. And, <laughs> we're gonna have to get you on on a day where they shoot straight out because i actually want to see that yeah. or post, we're gonna we're gonna get some pictures of that eventually we'll we'll coerce steve to get some pictures of that later and we can post it on here but uh you know one of the reasons that i started eat those shifts was because i wanted people to understand that you have the power to change your community. And when I was doing my other business, I got to interview and be a part of a lot of nonprofits in the organization and see some cool things. Uh, Steven actually got me to wear a cape and a wig and stuff, and I'll have to attach pictures of that. It was a great time. Uh, I'll let Steven talk a little bit more about that, but uh, go ahead with it. Steven, what is it that you do right now to help out with people to grow in the community? Yeah. So um, I work with an organization called OCJ Kids, lovely logo, and we help with foster group home kids. Um, these are kids that live in a house with up to 10 other kids, and the house is run usually by an agency, and there are staff that rotate in and out, so they don't have a normal family structure. Well, we take and we provide supplies and resources to these kids and we help train mentors and volunteers to go in and actually work with these kids and help guide them through everything that they're dealing with. Okay, very good. When you help uh, guide them, what kind of things do you do to help guide them and help them grow with what they're doing? Yeah, so uh, one of the biggest things that we try to do is just helping these kids feel loved, um, being somebody that's there to listen to them. One of our big, our big, pushes is no judgment. We want these kids to just be able to be themselves, be who they are. And when we, we send our mentors and our volunteers in, the first thing that we have to do is say, listen, you're going to see things, you're going to hear things from these kids that are going to be shocking, things that you wouldn't normally accept from a kid or a teenager. 
And you just have to learn to let it roll off their back because they're great kids. They're hurting. They've been through a lot. And so we want them to be able to be themselves and not feel like they're being forced into a box. Um, and then once you get to know them and you get comfortable with them, you start to show them a regularity. You become a part of their life. So they say, hey, on Thursday, I know that Stephen's going to come out and visit my group home and we're going to play games. Or he's going to come out and we're going to cook today and we're going to have fun. Um, Siobhan's coming out next week and we're going to be doing a movie marathon with it. So you're giving them a stability and that reinforces that somebody cares about me and wants to know me. Then once you start to get into that pattern, we really give you these tools to help mentor and guide these kids, showing them how to do things, how to balance a checkbook, how to go grocery shopping and look for shopping deals. Um, how to deal with these emotions inside of them. A big project we're working on right now with NAU is dealing with the trauma that these kids have been through and programs to help them overcome that trauma. And as a volunteer, as a mentor, you're able to help them overcome that and become who they're supposed to be. You know, that that is so awesome. Uh, you know, when you were talking about a few things, I'm kind of wondering where I can sign up. I need somebody to come do my checkbook, teach me how to cook and watch movies with me. I'm like, oh, man, right? this is gravy right here. But, you know, it's uh, I've, I've had the privilege. I mean, it really was a privilege to help out with a few things that uh, programs that they did. One of them was that Stephen taught me to be an expert rapper. Absolutely. Yeah. I got very good at it. Uh, actually, I cheated a little bit. So we were doing a Christmas program and I'll let him talk a little bit about what the Christmas program is. They get some toys in and they, you know, hey, volunteers to help wrap these things. Yeah, my, my wrapping skills are uh, basically what I usually do is I'll take a present. Any of my friends already know this. And I go buy one of those bags from the store, the fancy, you know, bags for birthdays or whatever and I just throw it in. Here you go. Here's your your present. That's that's the extent of my skill. And I got a little nervous in there, but thank God they pretty much had these pre-wrapped boxes. I I smuggled all those into my corner when I got there. <laughs> did it. And uh but it was a great time. A lot of people coming together, a lot of organizations uh, you know, just tons and tons of toys that were coming in that people donated. It's really awesome. What I really love about it, not just that you're doing this for the kids. What's awesome is to see the giving and the caring spirit of people in the community that when you say, hey, these kids need something, all of a sudden they're like, I'm here to help. And in a world where things seem so dark all the time, we see a lot of negativity on Facebook and the social media. When you're behind the scenes volunteering and you see so much giving it really restores your faith in humanity. Uh, you know, so I wanted to kind of plug that in a little bit, but can you tell them a little bit about the Christmas program you do? Yeah. So the Christmas program we do, we take over a bowling alley for two days, um, two different sessions, one Saturday, one on a Sunday. And it's usually about a four hour time segment. So it's not a huge commitment for anybody for the actual bowling. And We'll bring out about 300 kids each day, and we fill up all 32 lanes with these kids ranging from newborns all the way up to 18-year-olds that are living in these homes. 
And we're giving them a chance to just come out and play and have some fun. A big focus of our events isn't on giving things. The focus of our events is on relationships because we realize that building that relationship, as I said earlier, is essential to these kids feeling cared about and loved. I can sit there and throw supplies at kids all day, but it's having that connection with them. And then when they've been bowling for a while, we bring out the toys. And so you've built that connection up with them and you get to see that smile on their face and that excitement when they get those toys. And they're not just any toys. We're not just, you know, okay, this kid gets another teddy bear, this kid gets a teddy bear. We actually get a wish list from the kids and we try to get these kids three things off their wish list. Um, this year we actually got really blessed too because Shutterfly decided they wanted to help provide underwear for the kids as well. So every kid also got a new set of underwear at Christmas, which for them was absolutely huge because most of these kids don't get that very often. Um, and then we usually do a dancing time. We'll turn on some dance music with these kids, just get them up and moving and having fun and, you know, just being goofy. And then Santa Claus will come through. He'll take pictures with them. And especially the little kids get all excited about meeting Santa Claus. And then on the way out, we provide them with pizza gift cards and they get a stuffed animal. So it's just, it's an absolute fun day. My parents go crazy running it. I go crazy running it, but I love every minute of it. And when you come, I wear a green suit jacket and this is all covered in beard glitter and ornaments and Christmas lights. So I mean, there's great reasons to come out to this thing <laughs> and the kids love it too. So, and it's a chance to see these kids. That's another big thing. Our events are a chance to actually interact and see them face to face because we can't show their faces because of what they've been through and the fact that a parent might be looking for them. And so for privacy issues. Uh, you know, you bring that up. I have a question. Um, so we were talking about newborns and everything, and I'm, I'm a little I'm just very curious here on how a newborn bowls. Uh, do you have any that have gotten a 300 yet or? Oh, oh, we've got, we've got a couple that are expert bowlers. You know, they just, they go out there and they roll the ball in front of them and go, and eh, get a strike every time. I'm jealous of them. It's quite impressive. Uh, but you know, uh, the other thing that you mentioned is, uh, you were talking about people that are looking for some of these kids sometimes. Um, I know I came to one organization and there was a biker group there. Yes, uh, that helps yes. our security. Okay, so um, I, you know, I haven't talked with them or anything. Are we allowed to mention them during this process? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's not a, a. They're they're a pretty well known group. Um, so basically, it's a group of bikers that they they split off from Baca. They were a part of Baca, and they wanted to be able to do more and you know have a little more freedom in what they did, and so they come out and they provide security for our events because they're used to working with foster kids. We can trust them. We know that they understand what they're going through and how all the rules work and everything. And their whole goal is to keep these kids from running away from an event and keep them safe. And we've had multiple things where having them around has been great. Um, we had a Christmas event where one of the girls snuck out with a group home on the way out and she took off down the street. So they jumped on their bikes and chased her down. And we're like, we're not going anywhere until your group home staff comes to get you. So you're kind of stuck with us. And, you know, bike, bikes can go pretty fast. So she wasn't getting away. Um, we had another one where a girl called somebody to try and come get her from the event. 
and the bikers pulled their bikes in front of the cars and were like, you can sit here with her all day, but you're not taking her with you. We refuse to let you go. And, you know, they show up and they've got their guns and their knives and stuff. Nobody's messing with them. Right. They're not afraid to get in these kids' faces if a kid, you know, is threatening them or threatening somebody. So it's, they're just, they're really good to have. And they really care about these kids. Um, they, they're the same group. They'll go and help these kids with visits and taking them to court appointments and just protecting them in general. So, Man, that is really cool. I will tell you, um, yeah, I got a chance to meet them and it was really cool. And, you know, I, unfortunately, you know, you had that, yeah, you know, I had that image uh, when you said they chase them down. I'm just thinking of the Mad Max type thing of these bikers <laughs> just chasing them down and running them over. Uh, just, <laughs> Lord, forgive me. I know we, we just lose control on this show sometimes. I'm going to try and do something. I haven't. Uh, uh, let's see here. I was going to try share screen. I've never done this. Nope. Nope. That's it. Anyway, I have an image. I'll attach it down below. Matter of fact, I just changed it on my profile on my personal setting, but we did this event. It was really, it was really fun. Uh, we got to come out and there was a superhero day that they had done uh, really, really awesome event. And, uh, you know, I brought my slingshot out. I had a custom green slingshot and Jacob Shanley and I dressed up as these uh, superhero, supervillain, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't really know. We just found the goofiest stuff, threw it on, and we had our capes. And it was great. We came out, and these kids were making their own personal capes, which was pretty awesome. And we got to help them make it, and they got to climb all over the car. So can you tell them a little bit about the Superhero Day and what that was all about? Yeah, so Superhero Day, it was part of our back-to-school event. Um, that was kind of the theme for that year, was helping these kids find their inner power and their inner strength and what makes them special. So we, yeah, we bought well over 600 capes for these kids, and just we gave them all these materials and sat down with them and helped them kind of figure out what makes them powerful and what makes them strong. So that going into that new school year, they would feel more confident, more, you know, important to themselves. Because a lot of these kids feel down on themselves, like there's nothing good about them, nothing special. No one cares about them. You know, what's the point of doing any of this? And going to school, you know, there's a lot of risk of being made fun of. A lot of these kids don't have the things they need to fully take care of themselves and they're not going to be doing well in school. So just that extra confidence boost. And it's a big day. We bring out a speaker, the speaker will talk to them, you know, give them a kind of motivational speech. We'll play games with them as well. Um, this actually, this current year we added in trivia. So we started doing trivia games with the kids, um, which they absolutely love. It's a big contest between all the homes. So they get really competitive. And then when they go to leave, again, it's at the end of it, we provide a backpack with all the stuff on a normal standard school list. So we have a high school and an elementary school list for these kids. I think the only thing we don't really do is calculators and scissors. Um, calculators because calculators can be expensive, especially for high schoolers, and then scissors because of the safety risk. But they get everything else. They get the pens, the notebooks, the paper, the glue, you know, and then they get to pick which backpack they want. So we'll, we spread all the backpacks out and let them choose. Very cool. 
Yeah, they don't let me have scissors either. I don't no. know why. They they give me those safety scissors that don't cut anything and no. just leave you frustrated. And they just give me a pair of spoons, and they're like, "Here, good luck." And, yeah, you know, what I'm, I do with this. Now that I think back on it, I think that's where my anger issues really stemmed from was when they first gave me safety scissors in school and told me to cut things. I think that's the domino right there that right. that the rest. You think that's bad? You should try being a lefty using right-handed safety scissors. Oh. <laughs> they were just folding in half and you're like, what am I doing? They just gave up at you at that point. They were like, you know what? This kid's not going anywhere in life. Throw him in the corner. We're, we're Pretty done. Much. Yeah. And here, here, go go eat the glue. You'll be happy. <laughs> I, oh, gosh. Uh, we could go about that all day long. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's really uh, so tell. Uh, can you tell us a little bit uh, how the organization started? What was the incentive? Why? Why did you guys start what you started? Your parents started this, correct? Yes. So my parents started this um, about 2006. They used to run OCJ Kids as an after school lunchtime program. So they started that whole thing in, I believe, 92. So I was, I was really young. Me and my sister were both really young at the time. And so we grew up around the teenagers and they were always doing after school and lunchtime programs for them. And then they were youth pastors on and off as well. Well, they were at church one day and some people that they knew had a foster group home that they ran and they were bringing the foster group home kids in with them that day. And they saw the kids and they started talking to them. They're like, well, what what happens to these kids when they turn 18? What stuff is the government giving you for these kids? And you find out when these kids turn 18, they were being given a black trash bag for all of their personal belongings and being told, here you go, good luck, have fun. Um, when they were coming into the group homes, they were take about a week or so for them to start getting money in to get resources for these kids. And my parents looked at it and they said, this has to change. This just this is unacceptable. We need to fix this. We don't know how it's going to happen, but we're going to go into this full time. And so they took some time. They stepped aside from youth pastoring and just jumped into this full, full head on. Um, and it started off rough. It was one of those you had to reach out. We had to really push DCS and really trying to form these connections with these group homes because they didn't know who we were or what we were trying to do. And so it was getting them comfortable with us and saying, look, look, we got resources for you. Just, we want to help and letting them know, we want to know what else you need. And so that started off really slow. And then it just, it just took off. Once the group homes realized what we were offering them and DCS started to trust us more Basically, our name was being thrown at the group homes. And now we're at the point where new group homes show up and they're calling us. And they're like, hey, we're going to start a group home in two months. And we were wondering if we could start getting supplies. And so, you know, it's really grown from there. But I, I grew up with them. You know, I've helped them with all of it. And when I moved back from school four years ago, or from Colorado four years ago, I went in to help them full time because there was just so much to do. There's such a need that I stepped in to help kind of relieve some of that pressure and stress. 
you had brought up that there was such a need. So people that are watching this right now, now I know we're going to be having people all over the United States and hopefully all over the world that are looking at this kind of message right now. So for people in the immediate area, or I don't know, is there people, let's say in another state that could do something to help out with your organization? Yeah. So Arizona's the easiest because this is where we're based out of. Um, Arizona, it's nice and simple. We've got the Arizona State Tax Credit, which is a great way to help support us financially. It's you owe the state, you pay us instead of paying the state. It's a nice tip for tat. And there's more info about that. You can visit our Facebook for all of the details. I could talk about that for half an hour myself. Um, <laughs> but you can also come out and volunteer. We love to have volunteers. Outside of Maricopa County, though, um, so this this includes other states and other cities. So if you're in Flagstaff, if you're in Yuma, something like that, um, we set up what we call TSCs, Transition Success Centers. And it's kind of a mini model of what we do. And if you're in another state and say, well, you guys aren't in my state, how do I get involved? You contact us, let us know. Get us in touch with, if you have a church or somebody that we can use as like a home base, We'll fly out. We'll connect you up with your get you a list of resources that they need. We'll help connect you up with your big organizations, give you donation letters to send them. And then we'll put you guys through your training and teach you everything you need to know. Um, we've successfully gone into Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama. Um, we were in Florida for a while. We were in Texas. Um, Oregon's kind of a back and forth depending on, you know, the churches and stuff. But it's, it's a great, easy thing to get started anywhere in the U.S. Um, or internationally. We have people in New Zealand who take what we do and we show them everything and we put them through our training. And then they take and they try and replicate it in their country based off their needs. We want everything to be about the needs of that community, not strictly what we know and do for Maricopa and for Phoenix. Because the Flagstaff aren't going to be the same as the needs for us. The needs in New York, the needs in California are all going to be different. We want to make sure that you're meeting those needs and you have everything you need for them. And that is awesome. I, you know, I didn't know that you guys were doing so much of this and, and have made this so that it's a template to be able to do that. How long does the training usually take when, when people get into it? So our normal training for volunteers is four hours. It basically will teach you everything you need to know about the group homes and interacting with these kids, um, making sure you understand where they come from, where they've been through, what to talk about with them, what not to talk about with them, um, what a group home is going to be like, because a lot of people don't know what they're going to be walking into when they walk into a group home, understanding how the rules work and how the whole system plays together so that you're not offending anybody or messing anything up. And then once you go through that four hour training, we get you fingerprinted so you can go into the homes. Then there's another four hour training if you want to become a mentor. And that one just kind of goes more into depth of all of the steps and processes to help these kids make that transition to when they turn 18. It's that teaching them how to balance the checkbook, how to, you know, ride a bus, how to look for a job, helping them with their resume, just all the prep work that goes into that. But we also take normal volunteers for our big events. You don't have to go through any of that training. We'll do kind of a mini training at the start of the event for you just to explain kind of the overview of things. 
very cool. Well, you said uh, normal people uh, in your uh, groups, and I, I'd have to say uh, that I, I don't think I'm very normal. The things, <laughs> but you know, um, so you know, I want to times. Um, if you need to get that, we can. Oh, I'm just. I'm gonna plug my phone. Sorry, they've got nobody else is in the office apparently. Now we're good. Okay. Not a problem. Uh, Tamara says hello. Hello, Tamara. All right. Um, anyway, um, you know, some people when when they think, oh gosh, volunteering, this is going to be something that's going to be, uh, it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of effort. It's People kind of get intimidated with the unknown. And uh, like I said, they've got a lot of different things. I'm, I'm just telling you the couple things that I did, dressing up like a superhero uh, and just supervising when they were doing things. I didn't do much but hold tape pretty much and let kids put stickers all over me. Uh, <laughs> I was covered with stickers. Uh, you know, or uh, the other thing is like I wrapping presents. That was just, it was a lot of fun. People were in there. Uh, you know, they, they stand behind you and whip you so that you're wrapping in tune with everything. Uh, but now it, it can be a lot of fun. So uh, some of the other volunteer things, can can you tell them just some of the other kinds of things that you have people volunteer do? Yeah. So um, we've got the Christmas present wrapping, the Christmas event. Um, we've got the school supply packing. So you help us get the school supply sorted. And then, of course, the Christmas event. We also do day at the park where we'll take a group home out to a park and play with them. Usually it's on a Saturday during the school year, just to give them some exercise, get them outdoor times. Uh, those are great for churches and organizations that want to just come out and hang out with the kids. Um, over the summer, we do a reading program as well. So if you're interested in coming and helping with the kids, um, we do that. We bring the kids in, we sit down, they pick up books, we read with them, and then we'll do a STEM activity. So it's just a lot of learning and a lot of fun over the summer to keep them active. Um, we also just have general warehouse work, putting kits together. Um, a lot of groups like to collect items and put them together themselves on site and then bring them to us as well. So we've got plenty of opportunity. And if there's something that you think of that is something you would be good at, you want to do with the kids, let us know. We'll try and get that worked out because we know that there's things that we're not necessarily going to think of that you might be good at. And we want to use your strengths to benefit these kids. Absolutely. So I want to get down to something here. Mm -hmm. You help out with these kids. Why do you help out? What do you get when you help these kids out? Well, for <laughs> For me, the biggest thing is knowing I'm making a difference in these kids' lives and helping them have a better, brighter future. Because a lot of these kids, they they don't have that hope. They've been through so much. And we want to give them that positivity and show them that they're worth it and that they're valuable and encourage them to be better and hopefully break that cycle so that they can live a better life. And when they have kids, their kids cannot have to go through what they've gone through it all just kind of spirals around and it's this system that feeds off each other. You know, their parents do something bad to them. And so that's how they're learning to show love and care. And so when they turn 18, they're going to go and have kids and 
their idea of showing love is what their parents did to them. And so they're going to do the same thing. And so just knowing that I'm there to step in and intervene and redirect their path in life, that's why I do it. It's just, it's so great. And, you know, when you follow these kids after they turn 18 and you get to keep up with them and see how they're doing and, you know, hear the stories of these kids that are going to college and watching their hopes and dreams change as we're working with them. You know, when we started doing our cowboy camp, you'd ask these kids, hey, what do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you see yourself going? It was, oh, you know, I'm going to go work at McDonald's because I'm going to need the money and I'm going to go back to living with my family. Now you ask them and you get these answers. Oh, I want to be a doctor because my mom had lupus and I want to be able to find a cure to help her out. I want to go be an astronaut because I love looking at the stars and I love math. You know, they actually have things that they're aspiring to now because they're starting to see that future ahead of them and realize that they can do these things. And so just all of that makes it so worth it. You know, even when you deal with the sad stories and the kids that, you know, they're going back into their families, you know, knowing that you were there to touch that life and instill that little nugget in them of love and care and acceptance, it makes all the difference in the world. But thank you very much for sharing that. And I hope that anybody that's listening to to this right now, that that resonates with you when you're going and helping these people. When you, you know, I've worked with troubled teens. I've worked with other people. And knowing that I could help somebody move forward in life and give them hope. Uh, you know, a lot of us have been through trials and tribulations. We have had bad experiences in our lives. You can turn that into a positive. You can take that and you can help somebody else that's going through that process that is lost, that is confused, that is broken. You can help lift them. You can help give them hope. And it's awesome. That is the reward right there. When you see people and it's all like he said, it's not all roses. You're going to see sometimes where bad things do happen where people do fall back when these things happen, but you're gonna see a lot of good things happen as well as people move forward. So, uh, you know, I really want you to understand the power that you have to really help and change lives. And that is just worth more than money, anything else. At least that's my opinion going forward with anything, uh, you know, with this. And so anything else you wanna add to that, uh, Steve? I mean, it just, you know, it's one of those things you, when you work with these kids, make sure you look at the kids for who they are. You know, if I, if I let myself get caught up in everything negative that happens with these kids, I, I would be a wreck, you know, and it does weigh heavy on you, but you know, you've got to just learn to look at what these kids are doing and what difference you're making and know that you are making a difference, even if you don't see it right away. And okay, so how many, just out of curiosity, have you ever had a kid that has gone through the program and it just seems like, boy, things just didn't help them. And then later on they come back and they said, you know what, you were that positive thing that helped keep me and straighten me out eventually in life. Oh yeah, we have, we have, we have a few of those. Um, we, you know, they, they get out of the system, they turn 18 and what happens? You're 18. You have been living under such a structured set of rules and being told when to go to the bathroom, when to go to bed, all of these things that they're finally free. And so they go out and they're going to 
live life and try things that they probably shouldn't and get into positions that they probably shouldn't with people that they shouldn't, you know? And then once they, you know, been through that, they finally go, you know what? Those people gave me stuff. They were there for me. They, what was that thing that they said to me again? And they start to think about it when they're in that rough time. And, you know, they, they pull themselves out. They call us. They say, Hey, I, I went through this. I got on drugs and I was having a hard time and I lost my job and got kicked out of my place. But I, I realize I messed up. Can you guys help me? And we go and we give them help and then they start doing well and getting jobs and keeping them. And it's just great to see. And, you know, it doesn't always work. There are kids that, you know, they get that help and then they fall back in that cycle. But we're here to help prop them back up again and get them the help they need if they want it. Because we do. We want them all to succeed as much as they can. Man, that is awesome. I'm so thankful that you came on the show today to talk with me. Uh, and still some of this, let people know a little bit going on with your organization. Now, I'm going to tell you some other things that you might not know about Stephen over here. Not only does he do this program and he has got a mustache that is incredible. Uh, you know, yeah, I think he might be on a mustache magazine somewhere here or there. If not, we need to make some phone calls. <laughs> but he's also an author. He just recently uh, released a book. And I know we had talked about we are going to re-release it, but can you tell them just a quick thing about that book? i got to give you a plug-in, buddy. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. Um, so the book is called Avernus. It's book one of a series. I'm hoping for about five books. We'll see how that pans out. Um, but the idea is these people go on a mission to Mars to look for life. And on the way back, they get hit by a solar flare. And basically the chaotic nature of the universe takes over and they wind up on this alien planet, not knowing where they are and just trying to survive on this alien planet. Very cool. And, and uh, again, uh, will you type that out and I'm going to post that underneath? Uh, actually, I don't, if you have comments there, you can write that out in the comment real quick. Guys, for do you want in the live in the live comment section? Yeah, we'll do it in the live comment section, and then we'll add it later. I don't like know. I can type anything in oh, there. That's all right. We'll, we'll type it as soon as we're done here. We'll put it underneath. I'm going to add a couple pictures. And then uh, do you have a picture of yourself with the glitter in the beard and the green outfit? Oh, oh yeah, always. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're going to have to post that below as well. So anybody out there, please just check out ocjkids.org. Uh, even if it's not something you feel that you should do, please just look it out and share the link with people that you know might be interested in that because they are doing some truly wonderful things in the community. Again, I have been there. I have been hands-on to see what they're doing. They're not a fly-by-night organization. Like, like he said, his parents started it in 92 uh, and then took it a little further in 06. So they've been around for quite a while have a lot of experience, they're growing. And uh, right now they could really use any help that anybody can provide for them to move this forward and, and help some more of these kids out there with transitioning with what they're going through. I'm gonna, I have to share one more story real quick that uh, was really, it hit me hard. So I've never been a foster kid. I've had parents that have taken care and provided for me. So I truly don't understand. So I'm, I'm sitting here doing this OCJ thing again we, when we were doing the capes. And I remember seeing this, this one girl, she was just sitting in a corner and she was just angry. She was so angry. And, you know, 
she didn't want to talk to anybody and she was on the verge of tears and just so upset. And you don't know what's going through the life of some of these kids. You know, they've their world one day they're with parents, the next something gets torn up or they're blaming themselves for they're too young and they're blaming themselves for something their parents did or one thing or another. These kids really, really need good mentors that will let them know that they are worthwhile and help them move forward in life. And that's why I really am very excited to have him and, and, and share, uh, you know, Stephen with you guys today and the organization of OCJ Kids. So please check out that site, get in contact with them, see what you can do to help out, get in contact with your church and your friends. Let's make this thing go viral. Let's make this thing turn into something just huge. And uh, that way, Stephen's got so much work on his hands that he can't write another book. There we go. Bring it. I, I, I do it. <laughs> okay. So uh, any last thoughts before we take off, Stephen? You know, just know that you guys all can make a difference and we cannot do this without the help of you guys in the community. So for all of you guys that are involved, thank you so much for everything you've done up to this point to help make a difference and really changing these kids lives for the better. All right. Well, thank you again, OCJ or uh, Steven. <laughs> yeah, works either way. Mr. OCJ. All right. Uh, you know, I've shared a lot of stories, but uh, the way I met Stephen was we were at a, I went to a networking event and I had my green slingshot. And of course, I stood out. I'm wearing wild colors. And I walk into the room and here's Stephen with his mustache and his get up. And he stood out. And I'm like, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to say a word. It was like, we're on the same page, brother. Okay. Yeah. Came across the room. There was music in the air. I think, you know, some lights were going. I think we started dancing at some point. Yeah, we started doing the little slow dance going there. But no, it was it was a great connection. And, uh, you know, I haven't talked to them as much recently as I, I would like to. But as soon as we picked it up, it's just like old friends. You pick up and you just leave off. You start talking like you, you just talked to them yesterday. And it was really good. And, and this has been a great opportunity to get back in touch with you, Stephen. And I know I'm going to be getting more in touch with you and doing some more follow-up videos. And you're going to see probably some videos of me getting involved and going and doing some things. And if you do get involved with them, please send some pictures or some videos uh, so that we can see you getting involved as well. I know you're not volunteering to say, look at me, look what I'm doing. You're volunteering because you truly care and help. But people need to see that we're getting involved, that we're doing something in the community, because once they see that you're getting involved, then they're going to want to get involved. When they see you smiling and having a good time and they see you there, you're not like slaving away, scrubbing dishes in a back room somewhere is volunteering, which still there are people that do that. And thank you very much for that. You are a better person than me. I, <laughs> I am not the dish scrubbing person. Uh, but, uh, you know, thank you for that. But get involved either with OCJ Kids or call somebody in your community. Get out there. Ethos Shift is all about the spirit of an individual and community. Together, we, need, we are in this world together and we need to help each other grow. So take care. Again, Stephen, thank you very much for being here. Check out that OCJ Kids right now. Put everything down. Go check it out. Take care. Thank you, Jeremy. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. And we are.